Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Tuesday. We're loaded as usual. It is great to be here live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. J-Mac, Nick Wright in one hour. So many things. Now, all this stuff is percolating on the Harbaugh's. Jim Harbaugh's bouncing around. Keep your eyes open for Harbaugh. In Los Angeles this week. That's good. For right. a second time. Yeah, you hear the stuff about the Falcons and there's a yeah. split over Belichick and yeah. a big divide in the in the building. This NFL coaching stuff is fascinating. So Jim Harbaugh wins the college national championship. John Harbaugh is favored to win the Super Bowl. Right? Don't we mostly think that? Baltimore played San Francisco, blew him out. Wouldn't that be unique? Brothers, one wins the college natty, one wins the Super Bowl. John Harbaugh is the last non-offensive head coach standing in the league. The last one. Three offensive coaches and John Harbaugh. And there is a distinction. He is not a defensive coach. He's a culture creator. John Harbaugh started with running backs and tight ends coaching him. Then he went to the secondary most years in special teams. There is a distinction. He is not Sean McDermott, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera, a pure 100% defensive head coach that can struggle with changes offensively. Not John. He got to Baltimore. First year, they got him Joe Flacco. By the fifth year, he won a Super Bowl, and it was a top-10 offense. That team was not about defense. 
That Super Bowl team was about Joe Flacco getting red hot. 11 touchdowns, no picks in the playoffs. John Harbaugh can't be pigeonholed. Tomlin, Belichick, Rivera, McDermott can. Great at what they do, but John Harbaugh and the Harbaugh's are different. Then John Harbaugh, as Flacco ages and regresses, they get him Lamar Jackson. And what's different about that is he's a completely different player. From a slower-footed pocket guy with a big arm to an absolute world-class playmaker who has now developed into an excellent pocket passer. Two different styles. John Harbaugh now favored to win a Super Bowl with both. Two totally different quarterbacks. And that's what separates the Harbaugh's. Let's talk about Jim. Despite being a quarterback and viewed as an offensive coach, did you watch Michigan? They barely threw the ball down the field. Why are they beating Ohio State? It's not because of their clever, progressive offense and their McVay and Mike McDaniel motions. The scheme of Shanahan. He, too, is a culture creator. Michigan is what Stanford was and what the Niners were. Tough and physical at the point of attack. In fact, if you go back to Jim's San Francisco teams, they had four top ten defenses. No top ten offenses. This is what separates the Harbaugh's from even the great coaches. I love Andy Reid. He's an offensive coach and acknowledges it. He gives Spags the defense. Belichick's a legend, but he's tone-deaf, Jurassic, out of touch offensively. Jim Harbaugh cannot be pigeonholed as an offensive coach. Michigan was about their defense. That's why they're beating Ohio State. The Niners were about their defense. Stanford went from a dog to tough. Not saying Andrew Luck couldn't play, but it wasn't dynamic offenses. It was their physicality. And that's what transcends time. I was on the phone two nights ago with an NFL executive who said Ben Johnson's a great play caller. He may be a great play designer, but is he a culture creator? That's what the Harbaugh's are. And that's why they transcend time. Cultures and physicality transcend time. And why many of the defensive coaches look like they're past their prime. It doesn't matter how the rules change with Jim Harbaugh or John. That's the separator. The last non-offensive coach standing, John Harbaugh. And the first coach, big-time coach, the Chargers potentially will have in over a decade. Jim Harbaugh, their leading candidate. Here was Eric Mangini, who knows both, talking about Jim last week. Jim's not the, 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 traditional, uh, the traditional coach that you necessarily run into. You know, there's a little quirkiness to it. There's, it's, it's a little bit different package than, than say, your, your traditional coach would be. And, and some people can't get their head around it. But part of that, part of that is, is his charm. Part of that is his, uh, allows him to connect with so, so many players and coaches. It allows him to operate in environments that other coaches can't operate in to coach players that other, that other coaches can't coach. That's what separates the Harbaugh's. They're not one side of the ball guys.
Doesn't matter if you're a CEO, a high school principal, or a football coach. It's hard to pigeonhole them. John Harbaugh's offenses won him a Super Bowl, and it's Lamar now. Not saying the defense isn't great, but it's Lamar's explosiveness that defines the team. And with Harbaugh, it was Michigan's toughness. They're just different cats, and both are great. So years ago, a really smart person who wouldn't want to take credit told me something. I remember this clear as day. In New York at a restaurant. And the person said to me, Whenever you get in crisis in life, be careful about blaming. Sometimes we get in our own way. And I always think about that. Life doesn't go perfect. My wife and I are arguing. Vacation goes sideways. Job isn't perfect. Be careful about blaming. Sometimes you get in your own way. Let's talk Packers. It's very interesting. So when Aaron Rodgers acknowledged and admitted, hey, I'm going to leave and I'll go to the Jets. We know Aaron didn't leave for fame. He was already famous. We know he wasn't tired of Green Bay because of the money. He was rich. He's not going to make any more money in New York. In fact, I think he took a little less, didn't he? He wasn't going to New York for power either. He was the most powerful person in Wisconsin that wasn't in government. So when Aaron was unhappy in Green Bay, it wasn't for power. It wasn't for money. It wasn't for fame. He viewed Green Bay at some level, often passively, aggressively taking shots at the front office. They were a bit of an obstacle for his success. So think about that. Why would he leave? The people are great. The fans are amazing. The stadium's full. He was famous, rich, and powerful. I mean, Green Bay doesn't have an owner. He's the most powerful quarterback in the league is a Packer quarterback. So he viewed... These guys don't quite get me. They're a little bit of an obstacle. And that's where we pivot now to Jordan Love. 65% of teams that score first in the NFL win. The magic sauce, the secret sauce for the Packers this year, wasn't just their personnel. They became the best first quarter team in the league since week nine. In Jordan Love's first year of starting, their first quarter pocket Passer rating, excuse me. Jordan Love's passer rating the first quarter. 108. No first quarter picks. That's the scripted half of football. Aaron Rodgers' first quarter passer rating last year. 20 points lower, 88. Three first quarter picks. Jordan Love was a significantly better first quarter quarterback this year than Aaron Rodgers, the Hall of Famer, was last year. The Packers had only four turnovers in the entire first half, the scripted half, lowest in the league. And that's a first-year starting quarterback and the youngest roster in the NFL. Last year, they were tied for 27, 13 first-half turnovers. Again, the scripted quarter, the scripted half. Mahomes does his own thing, magically, after half. But Mahomes follows a script in the first drive, and maybe the second. Since week nine, Jordan Love and the Packers were plus 47. Best in the league, plus minus. Last year, entire season with Aaron, plus one. Middle of the pack. It was interesting watching the Packers. Aaron didn't leave for money. He didn't leave for power. And he didn't leave for fame. 
He left because at some level he viewed Green Bay as a bit of an obstacle to his success. He was the obstacle. Green Bay became the best first quarter offense. They took the lead in Dallas. They put the pressure on San Francisco. The team that scores first wins almost 65% of the time. Aaron, as Greg Cosell has told us multiple times, audibles out. Aaron's out of successful plays. More of a jazz musician going to his own beat. Certainly earned it. But it is interesting. When you watched Green Bay, especially from about week eight and nine on, they were taking the lead on people in the scripted half, allowing himself to be coached, allowing himself to be guided. Jordan Love did not view Matt LaFleur as an obstacle, but as an assistant to his success. Here's Matt wrapping up his season. He had a hell of a year. Let's not, let's not look past that. He really did. Just to see the growth, the results speak for themselves. But uh, the growth of him is just is the, the commander out there. Um, he's an extension of us. And I thought the ownership that he showed, the leadership that he showed, um, was, was, was a great sign for us. Us, he said three times. Us, collaborative, unified. Us. Be careful blaming. You, me, us are often the obstacle of our success. J-Mac, last night, my Sixers... As I've told you, I've applied for multiple radio gigs in Philadelphia. My Sixers were led by Joel Embiid as he dropped 70. Now, it's, it's the NBA regular season. The defense isn't ratcheted up, so you see these big numbers in the regular season. But it was very impressive. We, we've never seen the NBA at this level. The league has never been this good. Did you see 17 guys are averaging more than 25 points per game this season? 17? That's obscene, Colin. Yes. yeah. Offensively, it's the most gifted the league's ever been. There's never been this depth of yeah. pool. Well, it's also ever. a much more international league, so the pool has expanded. So yeah. instead of a Tony Kukoc in Chicago, it feels like every team's got a couple of Tony yeah. Kukoc's. Everybody's got a couple of bigs and a couple of international yeah. guys, and they're now taking the league yeah. over. Carl Anthony Towns comes out after Embiid scores 70, 62 points. It's 10 threes. Like the league is just on fire right now, talent wise. Coming up next. It was a term that was used liberally and was it absolute nonsense for a decade in the NBA. Did it never truly exist? We'll talk about small ball next. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. So last night, big night for Joel Embiid, 70 points. Teammates were feeding him the ball. He was hungry. He was hot, and they were feeding him. Uh, Embiid's a great player, MVP. Um, we've talked about the league and how it's changing and getting larger and more international. Anybody else notice this, though? I thought about this last night as Embiid was going off. Small ball has vanished. Did it ever really exist? Or was it the greatest small score in league history and the greatest 6-7 defender, small for the men he was defending? Even the best of the small ball, the best of it, was when they added 6-11, super long, underrated defender KD. That was the best of small ball. We're five years past small ball at its peak. The league is owned dominated by Giannis and Jokic and Embiid. The Celtics got better noticeably. What could it be? They added Porzingis. Think about it. The top team in the West, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, two bigs, Minnesota. Even the top scoring point guards, 6'7.5 Luka, 6'6 SGA. People convince themselves size didn't matter. It's always mattered. Michael's the outlier. I grew up with Kareem and Wilt. What about Magic? He had Wilt. What about Kobe? He had Shaq. What about Tony Parker's MVP year? He had Duncan, the better player. There was the Isaiah Thomas Pistons, known for physicality. Rodman, Mahorn, Lambeer tackling people.
Well, there were the Chauncey Billups Pistons with Ben Wallace, a badass, and Rasheed Wallace. Steph is the first finals MVP, little guy, point guard in 16 years. Did small ball ever really exist? Or was it two historically unique players? The greatest small score in league history, Steph Curry, and the greatest smaller defender, considering who he defends, Draymond Green. Look at the copycats of small ball. Blazers, about that backcourt. Zippo. Houston, Zippo. Wall and Beal in D.C., Zippo. We'll be led by Trey Young, a big nothing burger. People tried to copy something that didn't exist. They didn't have Steph. They didn't have Draymond. The NBA now is clearly international and led by bigs. Even the dominant scoring point guards are big. Kobe had Shaq. Parker had Duncan. Michael's the outlier. In terms of dominance, he's six, six and a half. That sort of small. It's like mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. We love them. But the Ravens' ascension is really built on the growth of Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Don't confuse the greatest small score in league history, Steph Curry. And the greatest small-ish defender in Draymond Green for anything more than a fad. The fidget spinner. Couldn't take our eyes off it for a few years. Vanished. Nobody cares. Size has always mattered. And once again, it's taking over the league. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Nick Wright going to join me live here. First things first, let's go to Nick Wright. So you, it's unbelievable. By the way, I mean, I don't know. You scotch the whole, you scotch the whole herd hierarchy rather than put the Chiefs out of the Bills for a single (laughs) week. You just said screw it. Yeah, I mean, it's a staple of the show. Every damn Tuesday, you finally have no choice but to put Kansas City out of Buffalo, and you said, you know what? Burn the segment. Not even going to do it and suffer that indignity. Unbelievable. Hi, Colin. Well, we really have four teams left, so it's not much of a hierarchy. Well, rank them. But it's funny, yeah. and it's a good point. It's ironic. It's not it's coincidental, but uh-huh. it's still a great point. No, uh-huh. I, I want to, you know, I, I'm going to go to the Josh Allen thing. And I said this. They may be great next year. Doesn't mean they're going to win it. Those 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 Buffalo teams for years that didn't win, those are great teams. Great coach, great. But I said, here's the thing about Josh Allen. They're going to be viable for this reason. Think about how great Josh Allen or, or, or Lamar Jackson is. <laughs> and I forget where I put the number, but Josh Allen has scored like 73 more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson the last four years. 
is that wouldn't you at least acknowledge they may not win a Super Bowl, but Buffalo, as long as Josh Allen's in his 20s and early 30s, they're not going anywhere. Is that fair? Well, not going anywhere. I guess that depends on your tone of voice. Like, they're not going anywhere, or this Bills team, they're not going anywhere. I guess it could be a bit of both. Here's the thing, Colin, and this is as someone who has, you know, obviously, because I'm a Chiefs guy, been rooting for my hometown team in the playoffs three of the last four years against the Bills and Josh Allen. The version of Josh Allen that showed up to the game Sunday was the least scary. And I think the Bills, because they are scared of Josh's turnovers, made him less of a scary player to play. Since Joe Brady took over, Josh Allen was under 250 yards passing in every game but one. The one game he had big passing numbers post Joe Brady was the Dolphins game, the end of the regular season, when he had three turnovers. And I, I think the best thing the Bills have going for them is their quarterback. And they appeared to me to be afraid of their quarterback making the big mistake. So they asked him, check it down, run the ball, take the easy completion. But when you ask someone to do something that is against their nature, yeah. and that is against Josh Allen's nature, it is very hard to do that for three and a half hours. So what we saw on Sunday was Josh Allen play exactly the way they wanted him to play for three quarters. And then when despite that they were trailing, what did we see on the final drive? The best and the worst. First play of the final drive, he throws a 65-yard pass on a rope in <laughs> cold weather outdoors. And, I mean, it would have been a tough catch because any 65-yard pass is tough to catch, but it was a perfect pass. But So that's the best. But then we, what else did we see that drive? He fumbles the game away, fumbles their season away if it's scooped up the way it should have been. Yeah. And then at the end of the drive, second and nine, has Stephon Diggs move the chains, keep bleeding the clock, he has to go for the kill shot. Third and nine, he goes for the kill shot. So I think if you're Buffalo, you can't coach the Allen out of Allen. You just have to somehow find a way to mitigate the mistakes yeah. because... To play a game against the Bills where they don't have a single 20-yard play, where Josh completes 16 passes behind the line of scrimmage yeah. and two passes more than five yards downfield, that's not a scary Bills team. It yeah. just isn't. Uh, you know, the Ravens are interesting, though, because... Um and I was saying this earlier about the Harbaugh's. Jim Harbaugh's really not your classic offensive coach. You can't pigeonhole him. Both the Niners and Michigan were led by their defense. Michigan never threw the ball down the field. Yep. And John Harbaugh's really his history. He started an offense to special teams. His Flacco team was a top 10 offense. It was a Flacco hot streak. And this team's got a great defense. But it's his ability to embrace Lamar and keep adding elements to it that has made it great. Aren't you, whereas Sean McDermott is the classic defensive purist, and Andy Reid has an edge, Harbaugh's hard to pigeonhole. They do offense. They do Correct. clever. Baltimore is, to me, less predictable, harder to pigeonhole. Harbaugh's harder to label. To me, if I was a Chiefs fan, I would be worried about Baltimore. They, they just do a lot well, and they're kind of unpredictable due to Lamar. 
So, yeah, I mean, listen, Baltimore, going into the year, this was odd because I doubted Baltimore. Going yeah. into the year, you know, the AFC is so deep, I didn't know about the Burrow injury. I thought the Ravens were going to miss the playoffs. So I didn't. I was dead wrong on the Baltimore. But the same show that I said I thought they were going to miss the playoffs, I also said of all the teams in the AFC, they are the one I would least like to play in the postseason. <laughs> right. Because L the Lamar's best is so dynamic and so unique that if he is playing his A-plus level, they do seem almost unbeatable. And then you add to it what I didn't know they were going to have is scoring-wise the best defense in football. They are a great team. They, they had three losses, you know, you throw out the final week of the year. They had three losses all season, and they led at the two-minute warning at the in all three of those losses i the reason now i the you know i watch all your media colin i know for the you know you don't believe in the chiefs still you think the ravens can you know walk all over them <laughs> blow them out i get that I, I i'm surprised you don't in you know almost a tom brady context bring up this stat i don't hear anyone mention it patrick mahomes is 0-2 in the playoffs against brady he's 13 and 1 <laughs> in every other playoff game. Yeah. And the one loss was in overtime. So I just I don't think anyone in any building deserves to be three and a half point favorites over a healthy playoff Mahomes. Yeah. Last year we saw him in the postseason on one leg be able to score 38 in the Super Bowl. But I, I have a healthy respect for Baltimore and they are you know they they have earned every step of this. Unlike Buffalo, which I felt like a lot of it was the media wish casting what they could be. The Ravens have walked the walk all year in all three phases of the game, and they are more than a worthy competitor. And now I'll add this, Colin. Given how Dallas once again flamed out in the playoffs, it feels to me, and we don't always get this, that we truly did get the four best teams in the league start to finish as our final four. Yeah. San Francisco, Detroit, Baltimore, Kansas City, that's the right final four. So I, I was saying this uh, during my uh, preamble to you, is that you and I have been on the same uh, kind of feeling with Brock Purdy. Is You know, I mean, players obviously, Drew yeah. Brees fell to the second round. But I mean, if you look at Dak falling to the fourth round or Kirk Cousins, very similar players, there's a reason they fell to the fourth round. One wasn't an accurate thrower, one wasn't a big, strong power thrower and an athlete. Is that Brock Purdy is the last guy taken in the draft. Not everybody's a dummy in the league. And it is interesting. I had said earlier today, Mahomes loses Tyreek Hill, wins a Super Bowl. Lamar's on a third string running back without his Hall of Fame tight end AFC championship. Josh Allen, pre-Stephon Diggs, was just fine. Brock Purdy yeah. deals with a drizzling rain and no Debo, and they were outplayed by Green Bay. Do you feel justified? I don't think they're going to beat Detroit without De De Debo. Oh, I don't. Wow. I don't. Do you, wow. do you feel a little justified on Brock Purdy? I'm mystified by smart people who are struggling to contextualize the Brock Purdy debate. Your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not mystified by it. I just think folks are maybe folks are more sensitive to criticism than you or i and it is the easy thing to do is say look at his record look at his numbers what more do you want from him i think the more nuanced point is this 
What is your opinion of Brock Purdy? And how much of that is informed just by the numbers? And how much of it is informed by the fact that these games are on television? And that we are able to watch it. And that we watch football for five months every Sunday. We watch all these games. And I uh, give Brock credit. The end of the game, he came through. I didn't think he would. I didn't yeah. think he could. And he did it. Yep. But for three of the three hours and 15 minutes that game was on, he was the worst player on the field. Right? We had a debate about a player. Is he the league's MVP when deep down everyone knew not only was he not his team's MVP, I think right now deep down inside and outside the locker room, if you were asked what is the Niners' biggest weakness, not the MVP of the league, the weakness of the team, they would say the quarterback. And, and then folks love, and you referenced this, Colin, folks love saying, well, you feel a certain way about him because of his draft status, as if that's not rational. <laughs> of course the draft status is a part of it, because the draft is not random names selected out of a hat. I understand it is not all science, right. but there is a level of, if the people whose job is evaluating players on a full-time basis across 32 teams, every single one of them at the most important position had multiple opportunities to grab a guy, I think that's valuable data. I think his size is valuable data. I think his athleticism yeah. is valuable data. And if, you, and if the rebuttal to that is, well, then explain Tom Brady. That is like making an argument about not needing superstars in the NBA because of the 04 Pistons. Because <laughs> there is a once a quarter century anomaly does not mean the rest of the data is irrelevant. And I just don't think people deep down believe Brock Purdy's excellent. Yeah. I think it's easy to say he is because the numbers say he is and they don't want to get yelled at. I think deep down everyone knows he's the if the Niners don't win, it will be because the quarterback is not good enough. Yeah, I think you're right. By the way, I'll bring the herd hierarchy back next week, especially if Baltimore I mean, wins. I mean, I'll bring <laughs> I mean it's unbelievable. I've been waiting. I've been waiting all week to see not only that Kansas City was on there and Buffalo wasn't, but I was pretty confident you were going to have Kansas City last of the four. And the Chiefs have been thriving no. off bulletin board material all year, you know, a lot of which has come from this television show. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's, if I did a herd hierarchy this morning with the four left, that's interesting. Yeah. I would do Baltimore one, Kansas City two, very close. Okay. And I would do... Man, if Debo is healthy, San Francisco three, Detroit four, and I love Detroit, but I don't think Brock Purdy, even with Debo, can beat Mahomes or I think the AFC champ is the champ. That's what I feel today. How about that? So I think the closest to Baltimore is Kansas. Baltimore's gonna feel great. If if Baltimore gets through Kansas City, I think they're gonna feel 
like that. I, I think Baltimore looks at this weekend as the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm not trying to disrespect the Lions and what they've accomplished, but Baltimore beat the Lions by a thousand points earlier this year, <laughs> and Baltimore a few weeks ago beat the Niners by two thousand points. Yeah. So I think Baltimore, yeah. and you don't have to worry really about the emotional letdown because if they get there, because you have the extra week to prepare. So I think the the winner of Chiefs Ravens, I believe, is winning the Super Bowl. And you know, I know I'll save my pick till Friday. You don't know who I'm going to pick in Chiefs Ravens, Colin. <laughs> I could surprise some people. Who knows? I got to analyze the all 22, yeah, look at right. all the data, and right. see what I come up with. Yeah, it's sort of like me taking the Lions over the Rams. I think I have a hedge on that. I know where you're going. <laughs> Good seeing you, buddy. Uh, Nick Wright, first things first. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an up front price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Listen, all four coaches that are left are redeemable and very good. Obviously, Andy Reid's one of the all-time greats. But I said one of the things that was remarkable about what Kansas City did this weekend, and it really caught me off guard, is that because the Chiefs are so high profile, you know, you don't have to watch them in the 1 o'clock window. They're on the big games. They're on the Fox game of the week or CBS or Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football. And I watched them all year, and I thought, this is the most flawed Kansas City team I've seen. They led the NFL in drops, penalties lining up wrong, and then, and they played imperfect football, but then against Buffalo, I'm like, that's the best game they've played all year. They got, MVS is making big plays. And I think it just points to the structure and Andy Reid and Mahomes and sort of the adult nature of their sole ecosystem that they a flawed team played their best game in their most high-leverage moment. And Mitchell Schwartz, the Super Bowl champ with the Chiefs, nine years, four-time All-Pro Super Bowl champ. Were you even taken back a little? This is a young team. By mostly how well they played, cold weather, on the road, biggest leverage point. I, I, it, I thought Buffalo would win. I was shocked by how well they played. Were you? I was a little bit. To your point, they played their best game in Buffalo in the divisional round. So I think there's something to uh, this team turning it on just a little bit. I mean, offensively, this is a team that was riddled with mistakes, with penalties, as you mentioned. And one of my big keys was, can they get to the line of scrimmage? Can they get set up? Can they do all the double cadences that Pat wants to do to see how the defense unfolds? And there were no procedural penalties. There were no delay of games. They took one timeout. There were no false starts, which everyone knows. The offensive tackles and, and the right tackle in particular has had a lot of those. Um, there were none of those against Buffalo. And the one mistake was McColl fumbling in the end zone. And other than that, I mean, I think of their six or seven real drives, they scored on five of them. And they had the one drive where they had to punt and they had a, a kneel down at the end of the first half. So it was crisp. They were gaining a lot of yards. And most importantly, they weren't having the negative plays that they had throughout the rest of the, the throughout the rest of the season it does feel a little bit we know psychology matters right you're talking young men a lot of pressure they become famous there's a lot of pressure the social media now is an element players never dealt with when i was younger it does feel like kansas city's in buffalo's head a little even at the end of the game that last drive you can see buffalo is so consumed with the clock <laughs> They're running Dell Cook into the line. They're saying, we're not giving Mahomes the ball back. We're not. And I'm like, okay, Mahomes is in your head, and you're, you're trying to tie the game. Do you sense Kansas City now with this win, it's kind of rent-free? They, they kind of, they're in Buffalo's head a little. I think so. And in your conference, you're going to have that team that you measure up against and that team that you have to get through every single year. We saw that with Indianapolis and New England for all those years. And Kansas City is the team everyone's trying to beat and everyone's trying to get through. We saw mini rivalry develop with Cincinnati the past few years, but Buffalo has been kind of this five-year longstanding rivalry. And this was the game for them to avenge all the, the ails of the past few years, and they weren't able to do it. And to your point, I mean, my biggest takeaway of Buffalo's last drive is why did they stop putting the pressure on Kansas City? Yeah. Um, you know, they were down three with six, five minutes to go, and goal number one is scoring a touchdown. Goal number two is getting Kansas City the ball back with as little time as possible, but you got to score the touchdown first. And they were driving the ball down the field. They were using tempo. They were uh, finally had the Chiefs defense on their heels. 
And then every single time, I think it was two or three times, they rushed the ball, they slowed the pace way down, they lost yardage, they kind of ruined their flow and their rhythm, and it was just a really odd decision to start playing clock that early. I thought they needed to go score the touchdown, and at the time, the thing that was working was putting pressure on the Kansas City defense, and for whatever reason, they just stopped doing that. Mahomes is unique, and I remember years ago, Bill Polian was the GM, Hall of Fame GM with Peyton Manning. And we we were talking one time about this, I think it was off the air, and he said... You know, Peyton could be a bit, he called a teeth clencher, that he'd get really tight in these moments. And he said, we were always trying to say, hey, Peyton, you're great. Just loosen up. It's okay. Peyton wanted to practice on Saturdays, which was family day with the Colts. And Peyton's like, I want another run through. They're like, no. Tony Dungy's like, no, we're prepared enough. Mahomes doesn't have that. He's the face of the league. He's on Netflix shows. Unbelievable pressure. And yet... There is something about that he almost looks like he's playing backyard football in these moments when he's jockeying the ball back. Did you notice it early? I think that stuff is almost, Mitchell, I think some of it you can't coach. It's just a personality trait, mom, dad, whatever it is. Did you notice it early that like a race car driver whose heart rate doesn't go up in a corner, that he was just different, that he didn't, there was no anxiety in these moments? Yeah, he's a guy that the anxiety isn't there, but the confidence in himself and the ability to perform tends to rise in those tough situations. And, you know, his first two starts that second season, he threw for 10 touchdowns in two weeks. And, you know, it could be easy to think that you're the young hotshot and you got things figured out. And he just didn't really care. He kept continuing to progress, continuing to get better. And you never really saw that affect him. And I mean, you go back to the 2018 season, we're playing the Patriots at home in the AFC Championship game. And I think we scored zero points in the first half. And it could be very easy. You're going against Tom Brady and the story franchise, all the Super Bowls to pack it in. And all right, you know, they're going to beat us by a hefty margin and, and we'll see it next year. But we rallied all the way back. We got to overtime. Yeah, They got the ball. They scored a touchdown. They won the game. But you could see throughout that season the resiliency he shows. And, you know, that first year, all the talk was, oh, his dad played baseball. He played baseball. Right. And I think there could be a small component that he just got used to being an athlete, to being around other great athletes. He saw things and he inputted them into a system about how to perform under pressure, how to handle stress. And, you know, maybe that's where the advantage of growing up in locker rooms has come to fruition because, um, yeah, he doesn't show any panic. I mean, one of the crazy Tom Brady stats, I think, until maybe the last Super Bowl or two is – I think for the first eight or nine Super Bowls, he had three total points in the first quarter right. of all those Super Bowl games because he was a guy that got so energetic and so amped up that it almost took away from what he was able to do in those first quarters. Yeah. And with Pat, that's just not the case. You know, he, he brings it every single quarter and he harnesses all that energy, all that anxiousness, all that uh, excitement into playing better. Okay, Baltimore is, I mean, this is a team that has blown out good teams. Unlike Kansas City, we're, we're trying to find a flaw. This hasn't been a slow ascension. They crushed Detroit, crushed Seattle, crushed Miami. Um, it feels different. It, 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 this is one of those where even you as a chief, do you look at this and think, have we met our match with this team a little bit? I think so, because the Baltimore, they passed the eye test and they passed the advanced stats test. I mean, you look at like the DVOA stuff and they're top of the NFL and they look like the most complete team. You watch the games and you see the defense forming around. You see what Lamar can do on offense. You know, they got the best kicker and, you know, they've always done well special teams aside from Tucker. 
And so you, you are looking at almost going up into this buzzsaw. And, you know, last week, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, the playoff stuff, you know, they, they're tied at the half. And then he explodes in the second half and pulls away. And, you know, I don't really see that Lamar can't win in the playoffs narrative anymore. So it does seem like you're going up against this well-rounded team. And the thing that would, you know, quote unquote, worry me the most from the Kansas City perspective is I feel like. The Kansas City defense has been awesome this season. We saw that last week. We've seen it throughout the playoffs. We've seen it through the course of the year. I feel like that's going to be a really great matchup between Kansas City defense, Baltimore offense. But the Chiefs offense, admittedly, has struggled throughout the year. Yeah. I don't think the Bills defense that they went against being as injury-riddled as, as they are was Good. that great. Miami's defense, even more injuries, not that great. And so you're going up against this awesome defense, really physical, fast, playing with a lot of confidence. They can do some schematic stuff with McDonald, who might become a head coach here soon. Um, so that's going to be the key matchup for me. Can Kansas City you know, get past 20 points? Are they going to struggle on offense? Are some of the uh, poor habits and tendencies that we saw early in the season going to creep in? And you know, it's going to be a, a great struggle. Or shouldn't say struggle. It's going to be a great matchup. And you know, hopefully Kansas City does not struggle. This is a great point by him. Both Miami and Buffalo's defenses fell apart. I mean, literally... Miami lost all their edge rushers. The Bills were losing all their linebackers. And now you face the best linebacking crew in the AFC with Queen <laughs> and Roquan Smith. That's a, that's a great point that should be noted. They, we're probably elevating the Chiefs' hit-and-miss offense a little a grade above what they'll be. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, Super Bowl champ, uh, highest-graded Chiefs O-lineman for several years. His brother, of course, is Jeff. And it's great, Mitchell, seeing you as always. I appreciate that. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 